Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney, and I have the great pleasure of being joined by my glitzy co-host, Garrett. Say hello to our loyal listeners, Garrett. Mm. Garrett's resting his voice this week because he's quite ill. We should do like a mute podcast uh, yeah. where you just talk to me and I'm like, hmm. Hmm? Like, like, mm. or Groot, you can be like, I am Gar. Yeah. Say as little as humanly possible. This week, we talked the 2016 Oscar nominations, which were announced on Thursday. We bring you our pop culture stories of the week, as always, our favorite tidbits that we from the last week or so. I say or so because I just realized that one of our stories was from December. Yes. Give or take. You know. Things we came across this week. Stuff you didn't hear before. Hopefully. And is it as if that wasn't enough, Gar, we bring you our premiere picks from around the web in Netflix. It's been a while since we've done Netflix. It's been a while, so I think people are waiting with bated breath to... Nobody's done anything in a month because we haven't done any Netflix. They've been like, what do I do on the internet? What should I, what should I watch? What this should is, I consume? There's so many things. What do I do with all the things, Ken? What do I do with all the things? I, I actually think that we are uh, a great public service, Gar, because I was on Netflix the other, the other day and there's just so much stuff. I just don't know what to watch. There is lots of stuff. We it's, should be given like public funding for what we do. Exactly. Like PBS. Yeah. P- the PBS of podcasts. We save you from making your own decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just like, I think that it, I think a lot of people say it. It's, it's, it's uh, the, the sheer amount of choice. You spend more time looking for stuff to watch on Netflix than you actually spend watching it. Then you get frustrated and watch nothing at all. It's like, I don't know what to watch. It's just watch something I've already seen. Garrett, uh, so you're sick this week. That's, is, that the, is that all you, you, you've been doing this week, being sick? Yeah, I got, I got sick. I think I, I didn't get a cold for like all of 2015. Because usually I get struck down in like September, October. Yeah. It's like, it is winter now. You shall be sick. But now I was like, yeah, I'm doing okay. And then this week, it's like, nope, so down I go. It's coming back with a vengeance. Yeah. So like karma kick you, kicked you in the in the ass. Yeah, I'm on the back. I'm, I'm on the back end of it. Yeah. I'm pulling through next two next few days. I should be a okay, but tip uh, top. That, that that day where it's like the the peak peak cold and just yeah. stuff is just coming out of your nose. Where does it all come from, Ken? Where does all this nose goop come from? It comes from your brain. Isn't that isn't that weird? Does it? Yeah, like mucus is brain juice, I'm pretty sure. Is it? Yeah. That doesn't sound like science, Ken. Uh, yeah, well, you can't disprove it. <laughs> That's <point>. very true. <laughs> but uh, uh, I went to see Sheffield United last weekend. They Sheff- lost. Yeah. But they gave a very good account of themselves. And United, Man United, who they played, were very, very lucky to get through. Yeah, United were shocking. It was a dreadful game, really. In the FA Cup. But uh, yeah, yeah. So we spent some quality time with our papa. Mm-hmm. So that sounded good. Going away with them for the first time since 2006? Egypt? Six. Six. Your voice is strained already, girl, so this is not a good sign. Don't you don't you mock my, my waning voice, Ken. But I'm Ken, soldiering through for the sake of quality audio content and you're just mocking me. I'm sorry, Gar. I, I, I was I was just about to mention it that you know we could cancel the podcast for this week, but you want to deliver quality entertainment to our listeners. You don't yeah. want to let them down. I'll be hoarse and voiceless for weeks, but I'll have done it for you people. Yeah. This week, quite a sad week. Are we lost a lot of 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 really, really quality entertainers this a week? A lot of people died this week. 
Yeah, Celine Dion's both her husband and her brother died within two days of each other. Well, that's a kick in her face. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but do you know Robin Hood, the Disney film? Yeah. The guy who did the voice of that. Oh. The guy who directed Ghostbusters. Mm. Uh, Lemmy died last week. Lemmy died last week. Uh, David Bowie left us earlier this week as well. Uh, followed shortly by Alan Rickman. Both 69, both by cancer. Yeah, which is kind of weird. And Lemmy was just 70 as well by a few days. Yeah, and Donald Trump was 69. He's still kicking. Yeah, so unfortunately these things come in threes. <laughs> uh, you know, don't sue us, Donald Trump. Yeah. Or he, like, he probably was like... Make some ignorant comment about, about our podcast being garbage and yeah. and uh, Germany being a total disaster of a country. <laughs> yeah, because there's loads of crime in Germany where the Eiffel Tower attacks took yeah. place or whatever he said. And exactly so. Where he mixed up Germany and France. Everywhere is in France or Germany, according to him. Yeah, Europe is all one thing to him. Yeah, in exactly. fairness, that's the case with a lot of Americans. Yeah, it's like Europe. It's like, like it's not 27 yeah. countries at all. Yeah. Well, that's the European Union. But yeah, Alan Rickman, R.I.P. Yeah, uh, you know he yeah has a, a, had a, a huge influence on film. You know, mostly as a villain. Yeah, perhaps typecast. He's a tremendous bad guy. Uh, Hans Gruber famously in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. There's actually a, a really funny story I saw during the week. Um, you know he falls off the building at the end of it's Die Hard. The iconic scene. Um, apparently they're going to drop him on three. Uh, except that the director secretly decided that they get a better reaction if they drop them <laughs> on one. <laughs> That's actually mean. It's like, okay, we're going to drop you on three. What? <laughs> so his face when he gets repelled from the building, obviously he's wearing a harness, was genuine terror. I actually did not know Alan Rickman was that old. I didn't think he was pushing 70. Because you look at him as Snape and he looks like a relatively youngish man in, uh, you would have said in his 40s. Yeah. There's clearly a lot of makeup at work there. He's late 50s and 60s playing that. Yeah. So that's weird, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I played Professor Snape, which was a lot of young people will know him as. And, you know, uh, but like someone raised a video during the week of um, all Snape's appearances in the Harry Potter films in, in chronological order. And uh, just the, the subtleties and nuances of his performance kind of, you know, I won't spoil anything if you haven't seen them, but, you know, it's revealed that he's not the bad guy that it seems. Yeah, Snape is the most interesting Harry Potter character, isn't he? Because he was kind of conflicted. Yeah, everyone else is either a hero or a villain, you know? it's This is your role and this is what you're striving toward. Yes. Whereas he's he's the one in the middle, the one with the conflict, the one with that, an actual decision to make. Exactly. So, and uh, his, uh, his his secret is kept till the end. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of got an inner tor- turmoil. So, very interesting. Uh, he, he will be missed, you know? He's, uh, yeah. Uh, he's got he's great ambassador for acting, great ambassador for British and Irish, you know, film and and you know, it's it's just a sad thing, but uh, you know, that seems to happen in the new year, doesn't it? Yeah, it just seems to it's like new year. Let's kill some people off. Yeah, uh, damn it, world. Also, well, uh, sadly lost David Bowie. Mm-hmm. You know, had a huge impact on social media, and you know, I think every major news outlet has had at least one article about his his impact on music. Yeah. Um, because like I'm not I'm not a huge David Bowie I don't listen to a lot of David Bowie music. Like, yeah, I, I like, won't I won't pretend to be a, a huge David Bowie yeah, fan as well. I like Heroes. I like uh, Starman. They're good good songs. But. Yeah, but but you know we can certainly recognize his impact on music, even on popular culture, and he was actually a really good actor as well in yeah, his own right. In Labyrinth, Labyrinth, which is bonkers, but he was great in it. And they were trying to get him for Guardians of the Galaxy too. Which would have been, it's which would I would have thought would have been really cool. Because yeah, his his music was in, um, the first one wasn't it? It was, yeah. So and he, his the, the the influence of his music is also really prevalent in that film as well, isn't it? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, the one thing you can say about these men is that, you know, they have passed away, like the likes of Lemmy and, and included. But uh, the really cool thing about creating the stuff that they've created and the body of work that they've created is it's kind of like being immortal. You kind of mm. get to live forever. Those Harry Potter films will always be there for another generation. His songs will always be there for someone else to discover. Uh, same with Lemmy. So until they inevitably remake the Harry Potter films, but that's another story. We we, we will we will ignore them, and then we'll say that uh, whoever replaced Snape wasn't as good as Alan Rickman. But uh, R.I.P. to all the gentlemen who passed away in the last week, and uh, our condolences to Celine Dion. She's had a very tough week. That's a really mm-hmm. horrible thing to happen. I can't even conceive that. But yeah. um. Unfortunately, such is life, and mm-hmm. tomorrow's promise to no one. But uh, this is supposed to be a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah. So bleak death. Uh, we're gonna uh, uh, move on now and get get things started. Do you want to kick us off with our first story this week? Yeah, I saw this yesterday, Ken. And there's there's some things that you're like, don't do. Yeah. That's stupid. Uh, our top story this week concerns the newest craze sweeping the globe that the young people are calling scutting. Scutting, Ken. Scutting. I mean, I like. I couldn't even begin to think what that was if I didn't know what the story <laughs> yes, was about. Your mind wanders. It sounds like something dirty to do with poo. Because <laughs> you get you get weird because there's like planking. Yeah, that, that was a thing where people lied horizontally on on a plank of sorts, and then you had the thing where people poured bottles of milk over their head. Yeah, and the neck nomination and yeah, all that stuff. Or uh, like the the milk and then the planking are relatively harmless. Uh, scutting is, is where people hang off the back of trains and I assume buses as well. I'm not entirely sure. And, and ride it. Holding onto the back of it, Ken. Like a, like a, like a ski, like one of those skis that bind like a, 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 a boat. Yeah, like a water ski. Just holding on and riding it. <laughs> those, because it, a picture was seen in Dublin of a guy just hanging off the back of the train, Ken. Just hanging there. Those on the Lewis. And those things can go up to like, I think, 70 kilometers an hour. Yeah, it's it's a, the Lewis is a tram system in Dublin, if you've never been for yeah. our, our international listeners. It's an inner city tram system. You've, yeah. you've seen them all over the world. But yeah, um, apparently it's it's something that's becoming quite prevalent. And but you know the the Lewis people have tried to downplay it. A bit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't hang off the back of trains, please. Uh, one caller uh, caller to uh, a Dublin radio station said that he's a very frequent user of the Lewis and sees individuals scutting on a daily basis. Yeah, so it's not as uncommon as they're claiming. Yeah, people people are hanging off the back of trains. What is the point of it? Is it to get a free ride? To be a cool. Cool I, I assume it's the free ride. That's that was my assumption. But yeah, people are probably like, oh boy, look at him, he's hanging off the train. Decent bar. This will be. Uh, this will end the same way that next nomination did. Next Someone nomination was die, in yeah. Ireland for ten days. I think it was yeah. before two people died and it disappeared forever. Yeah, someone will die and everyone will go. Why were people doing that? Yeah. I think we should become enforcers, Ken. Rail enforcers, where yeah. we we, sta- we ourselves hang off the top of the trains and anytime. If someone uh, jumps in the back, we're like, not today. And we slap <laughs> them off. Well, probably not because that might kill them. Well, well, they'll learn their lesson, won't they? Or else, like, when it's coming to a stop, slap them off. So they they, they get a bit of a, a bit of a beating, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're roughed up, wounded. but they're fine. We can, 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 we could be railiffs. Railiffs. Get a combination of bailiff and rail. That is fantastic wordplay. Yeah. Guy, which, if nothing else, we are known for. Yeah, this is the, the selling point of our podcast. Uh, a quote from Dervla Brophy. Dervla is an Irish name. Top quality Irish name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Dervla. Dervla. That's so. That's so. Like, like I've never known a Dervla that wasn't a bitch. But anyway, 
uh, who's uh, a spokesperson for Transdev Communications, who uh, run the Lewis, said... I've never heard of them. Fair enough, I'm not from Dublin, so I've, I've never actually been on the Lewis. You've never been on the Lewis? I've never been on the Lewis. We'll take you up some for a time for, for, for a treat. <laughs> Just we'll go nice... scotting together. <laughs> <laughs> a nice little scotting trip to Dublin. Uh, she said, this is a very serious and potentially fatal practice that needs to be stamped out. The incident captured in the photograph was reported to Gardaí and they have in turn spoken to the youngster's parents. And we are doing all that we can to reduce scotting on trams. But we ask the public to report any incidents that they may witness. Yeah, so do your job, Dublin. Yeah, I think the Minister of Transport, who I, I actually don't, don't know who it is. Who's the Minister of Transport? I don't know. I don't remember. But he's like, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't believe, I don't understand why I have to tell you this. <laughs> yeah, I have to come out and say don't hang off the back of trains, but yeah, don't. Don't, yeah, it's like, my uh, professional opinion is that you do not do that. Because <laughs> yeah. it may resolve, result in serious injury and or death and humiliation. Yeah, <laughs> trying to hang off and you fall off and instead of being decent because you're on the back of a, a train, it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like when you're in school and you're walking through like the assembly area and you fall and yeah. then everyone crowds around you and says like ah and you know uh then you'll be then you'll have free transport for life because you'll be in a wheelchair <laughs> that's grim yeah. <laughs> you'll never have to walk again because yeah, exactly. you can't exactly so scotting don't do it kids the more you know yeah rainbow <laughs> this, is a, this is a public service message it's that time of year again gar the world waited this week with bated breath to discover who will be Ireland's representative at the Eurovision Song Contest this year. Yeah, we broke the mold this year, Ken. We broke the mold. Nikki Byrne, a former member of the boy band Westlife, is going to Eurovision. We're sending a superstar. Yeah, we've we've we sold out. We've had such poor results in recent years. Uh, the last two years, we haven't qualified for the final. Uh, the year before that, we finished last. Yep. In the final. So uh, usually, we, got the final, usually we do an open. Uh, kind of casting call so like the songwriters will actually write their songs they'll submit their songs they'll choose their singer and then they'll be whittled down to the last five maybe yeah. which is and then we have a tv show to select the winner put to a public vote they all perform um and it's usually amateurs as well yeah. isn't it? well Bar Bar we had jedward but like usually it's it's lesser known singers. yeah um even like there, there has been years where we chose the singer in advance but we actually let the public pick the song yep Nope, not doing that this nope. year either. That's a, that's a, people are stupid Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to public voting and stuff. If, if public voting stupid. and talent shows have proven anything, uh, people are stupid. Yep. So we've taken it out of their hands this now. His song, Sunlight, which is not bad. It's it's one of those kind of peppy peppy hit kind of things, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're listening in America and you haven't heard what the Eurovision is, basically it started in the early 60s or late 50s, I think it was. Uh and it's basically a contest where each rep each country sends a representative with a song and we vote on who wins, who wins it. Yeah, we achieve peace in Europe through song. It's the campest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, if you're living in Australia, you actually know what we're talking about because they participated last year. And yeah, they, they're actually they, very big fans. They had an unofficial entrance, didn't they? No, they were they were official entrants. No, I, I don't agree. With, oh, no, they got officially put through, didn't they? Yeah, to, straight through to the final. But I the, didn't like that. They're participating this year again, even though they were, we were told it's a once-off. But this year, they have to go through the qualifying. Good. I, I don't mind them coming through, but they have to qualify, Ken, unless but, they put up the cash, then fair enough. That's not fair. Because uh, five, five countries get through automatically? Yeah. Mostly because they pay for it. Exactly. That's not fair. Like I know <laughs> like as a guest entrant, that's fair enough. But if they want to participate every year, then you know they have to do the same thing that we yeah, do. It's... But the point is that uh, 
Nicky Byrne, is, you know, quite a good level of fame in, in the UK. Uh, so we could get 12 points from them. Yeah. Uh, apparently their third biggest market after the UK and Ireland was Sweden. Yeah. So, so maybe the stars are alighting. I, I hope we, we spring a Westlife reunion on people without even telling them. Yeah. You know, on the night, the other four, how many were Westlife? Four, well, three, then four, four, one left earlier. Yeah. So the, all four, it's going to be the biggest reunion, Ken. Yeah. It's going to be a five person reunion. Turns out it was Westlife. Yeah. Uh, the other four are going to walk out for the crescendo and everyone's going to be like, yeah. And we're going to win the Eurovision because we take this personally. <laughs> yeah, because like uh, Sweden are like are one away from tying our record now. Uh, are they, they one? Are they one away? Yeah, one away. Yeah, yeah, we still have the record. So, they're not. They're not touching our record. So they're very focused this year, apparently, on on drawing level with us. So no one we, ever wins two years in a row yeah, except us. <laughs> yeah, we won three years in a row and three out of four. But uh, we're really pulling out the big guns this year to try and try and bring it home. It's uh, it's a kind of right, kind of catchy pop song, you know. No, we won four out of five. Yeah, we did. We went. We and the the one that didn't win was someone we rejected and went to another country because we won. just didn't want to. We didn't want to host it again because we just couldn't afford it. Yeah. But um, yeah, you said that you were kind of concerned. It sounds a bit similar to last year's winner. It does. You tend to get that every year where people try to replicate the winner of the previous year. Yeah. Do you think he's famous enough to to garner votes just because he used to be in Westlife? He is. I hope. I think he's famous enough to get out of the semi. Yeah. And I think professionals tend to do better than amateurs over there. Yeah. Like when you look at Jedward, Brian Kennedy, uh, Neve Kavanagh. Yeah. They all got out of the semi at least. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's 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 a wise move because, you know, it just hasn't been working letting the public decide. Hmm. And uh, one of the main benefits, like I, I mentioned this in one of our very early podcasts, perhaps even episode one. Sweden. One or two. The yeah. way they select the songs, like the performance and the song and the, per- and the performer is developed literally from the start of the process until the end. It's like a, a kind of American Idol style thing. Yeah. We used uh, to do X that. Factor. So the fact that he's been chosen now so early means that he has a lot of time to develop his his the you know his his act. I think it does need kind of rousing uh, backing vocals. Uh, you know he needs to give it a lot of energy. He needs to have a good visual because uh, Jedward when they did very well had a very cool visual. Yeah, Jedward, Jedward, great. They I made, like Jedward. They made very good use of the staging and their energy was very high. So, uh, but like I think his voice is okay and it's a good pop song. But like if they if he kind of tries to build to a crescendo where he can like i know his voice isn't quite capable of going there but like if he gets good backing don't you question nicky burns voice ken he's not the best singer in westlife he's fantastic he's but, our eurovision uh, entrant ken we have to back him until the end of time yeah. and then uh, delude ourselves into thinking he might just win and then he doesn't make it out of the semi and we're deeply disappointed yes <laughs> i have a Euros- eurovision party every year so um if you're listening in america and you've just switched off we're sorry you're dumb for not watching the eurovision it's so much fun it's the best you're just and, jealous that you don't have it, and you and you're not in it, so you so like you can't win it. Yeah, it's not a Merovision. Yeah, exactly. So you can't win things. As far as America, don't have that kind of thing for like state by state. There was a talk talk about like kind of a some kind of a world vision, world vision. <laughs> but then like you just guarantee America will win it every year. Although apparently mm. this new song that we have has a, has like a rake of like really famous producers buying it from America. So like they've really kind of tried to stack the deck in their favor in terms of the production and everything. Yeah. But, you know, you we, should, we should send because we have six months. We we picked Nicky Byrne now. Just yeah. send him on a tour of Europe performing the song. Yeah. Well, he's, well, he's got about four months now. Is the Eurovision. Oh, it's in May. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, it's already January. Yeah. We're halfway through January. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, Eurovision for you. So it's a catchy little ditty. It's a catchy little ditty. It's on, available on YouTube. It's called Sunlight. Yeah. And uh, please vote for us, Europe. Yeah, if, if you are outside of, of Ireland and you do not vote for Nicky Byrne in the Eurovision, we don't want you as a listener. 
Except we actually kind of do. We actually really do. Uh, please don't stop listening. Yes, please. Please listen to us all the time. I'm so sorry. Our final story this weekend. Uh, gorillas are guilting us. Yeah. Mon- monkeys are like, get get your act together, people. You know, as, as you said, Gareth, it seems that every day, every day or every week we see some new opinion on climate change. Everyone has, has, their, has their two cents on it. And now apparently mem- members of the animal kingdom are chiming in, as you said. Yeah. Coco the gorilla. Has an urgent message for humans about protecting the planet. Somebody has finally got around to watching Inconvenient Truth. Yeah. He's just like, oh, ooh, I very much agree. And then he signs uh, this, uh, God, I forgot his name for a second. Al Gore yep. has a very good point. I'm going to tell the world about it. <laughs> and and like, be captured on video doing it. I think he just wants to go viral. Yeah, th- this monkey's like, I want to be an internet sensation. Yeah. He's like, Coco. Oh, I don't care about the planet. Yeah. But Ooh, I know sign language. Look how smart I am. Stupid monkey. Uh, apparently, uh, she, she's been taught a, a form of uh, adapted form of American sign language. She's she's quite old. She was born on the 4th of July, 1971 in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm a smart old monkey. So, I'm guilting you people into saving the world. That's a monkey sound in my head. Francine Penny Patterson, who's her, her, her handler, uh, established a long relationship with her and taught her to teach uh to sign a thousand different words yeah and and i was exploiting her for personal gain uh yeah so apparently uh i haven't have you seen the video have you watched it uh yes tell us tell us about it girl he he signs it and then the basically or she yeah she she signs things and then there's subtitles saying oh world stewards fix it that kind of stuff right (laughs) yeah it's bullshit it's total bullshit. Look, gorillas are smart animals, but gorillas don't understand the complexities of climate and, yeah. and the effect humans are having on it. Humans don't know what cars are, are producing. Yeah. You know, they don't understand the idea of carbon emissions. They're, they're primal beings. Yeah. Food, reproduction, shelter, not dying. Yeah. That's basically... <laughs> That's monkeys. <laughs> yeah. That's like, fair enough. Oh, he's learned to speak sign. She's learned to speak sign language. But like... That's it's exploiting this poor, poor monkey who's like, I learned to do something good. It's like, let's use it for our own gain. Exactly. It's just like, so you can guarantee they were coach, uh, coaching that. Uh, yeah, it's like, say this yeah. and then we'll edit it together. Good, Coco. You are guilting people into trying to save the world. It's actually, it's actually kind of disheartening. This, this was on one of those eco warrior websites, those yeah. one of those green websites that like, like all, even like people who are claiming to try and and spread good are propagandists as well. <laughs> yeah, exploiting animals. Yeah, exactly for their own end. So that's quite a worrying trend. Yeah, I, d- I don't like this because it's just like Coco does not understand what climate change is. No, Coco doesn't understand what cli- carbon emissions or fossil fuels are. Monkeys yeah. just they don't know that. Ken, they if, have now, no idea what this Coco stuff is. Coco had typed an impassioned tweet or yeah. Facebook post. I would believe it. I would. Because nothing on the internet is untrue, Ken. Exactly. And if he was able to... If, if, sorry, she, I keep saying he. she Coco know. sounds like a boy's name. It does That's sound, the problem. It does sound like a boy's name. Get a more name. girly sounding name, Coco. So if she... Yeah. Especially it's spelled Feminism. with K. It's spelled with K's as well. So, uh, but... It makes it, it sound more edgy and If cool. you taught a, 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 a monkey to type, and then she typed, save the planet, you're, you're killing us all. <laughs> then you're like, yeah, that's legit. Yeah. But like, sign language? Sure. Yeah, they're just mimicking what they're being shown, basically. Plus, I don't speak sign language. How do I know that's what the monkey was actually saying? Exactly. Could, the subtitles could have been vastly misleading. 
Let's ask Jane Goodall. <laughs> she could be on our, our podcast. Jane Goodall, would you like to be on our podcast? I'm sure she listens. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she's happy about our tirade against monkeys and people at the moment. Yeah, but uh, enough said. That's stupid. Yeah, don't exploit monkeys. It's stupid. That's mean. If you want to make points about climate change, make valid points backed by science. Don't get monkeys to guilt us about it. Or make a severely biased documentary that that gets that, that gets lots of views because it scaremongers people into <laughs> yeah. action. Which I suppose is better than nothing. Exactly. Or watch Making a Murderer. It seems to be pretty popular these days. Oh, Kenny, spoil one of my netpicks. Ah. Uh, yeah, but like it's it's a it's a little, a little tease. A little tease what's coming up next. It's just a little hook. A little hook to keep people listening. Yeah, we're going to talk about Making a Murder coming up next, but uh, let me take it home for a scare. Go on. That tall tale is our final story for this week. I am certain that the internet will provide more stories in time for next week's episode. If not, you won't hear from us. We'll be gone. We'll yeah. just, it'll just disappear. Time now for our first break. We will be right back with this week's netpicks. Stick around. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. You are very welcome back to the weekend show. You are in for a treat now because it's time for the ever popular netpicks. Netpicks. First time in a month. Yeah, netpicks is back for the first time in a while. Yeah, because we had a weekend show last week. Uh, we had the poppies. Poppies didn't have any net picks. Yeah, poppies was one long net picks if you think about it. Yeah, I suppose it was. Did it just blow your mind? Yeah. That's the payoff of our yearly net picks. If you've forgotten since it's been so long or you're just tuning in for the first time this week, let me explain how it works. Each week, we bring you our top entertainment tips from the mecca that is the World Wide Web. What have you got for us first this week, Gar? Every, every few years, I go on a bit of a, a horror movie binge. I'm just like, I'm on watching bad horror films. They have to be bad. Well, they don't have to be bad, but more often than not, they are bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't sleep lately. I'm sick and spluttering and coughing and sneezing. So I'm just lying in bed watching bad horror films. It's like, and, and most of the time, they don't even scare you. Like, I watched Insidious 2 last night because I saw mm-hmm. Insidious 1 when it came out and I never watched Insidious 2. And apparently there was an Insidious 3 as well. Yes, there was. That was a prequel. But, yeah, there was, there was like one jump scare that was like, oh, I cowered for a while because I'm a coward. Um... But other than that, it's like, eh, this is just kind of boring. Yeah. But a good horror film, Ken, is it, few and far between. But when when you find one on Netflix, it's like, let's talk about it. The Babadook. That sounds dumb, but uh, I'm assuming it's good. It's it's an Australian horror film about a mother and her child the, the, or the, on the way to the hospital when the child is being born. The, the car crashes or something. And the, the father of the, the dies, but the child is born. So... And then it cuts to seven years later where she's still grieving and, you know, the the son reminds her of the dead father. And then monsters come to life. The Babadook arrives, Ken. Is that connected to the accident in any way? Yes. But we won't spoil it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, the through line of the film is about grief. It's all about grief and the way grief affects people and whether monsters are real. Uh, with delightful Australian accents. Good eye, mate. I'm Australian. Beautiful. Yeah. I thought, uh, I thought I nailed that. Why is it good, Gar? Tell us why it's good. It's good because, one, it doesn't have a single jump scare. Good. Which I absolutely adore. It's cheap. Yeah, jump scares are cheap. Uh, it's all tension. It's all, uh, like, atmosphere and build. It's not like, ooh, things jumping out of nowhere. Just stupid. I hate jump scares. It's just like, stop it. That's cheap. Yes. Yeah. Jump scares, Ken. You don't like horror films. I don't. Why would I pay to be scared? Girl? I remember we went to see it. Was it Drag Me to Hell? Was that yeah, that one? Yeah, I couldn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, you wanted I to, wanted to leave so You bad. wanted to leave. 
Same with uh, one of the Final Destination films. For some reason, I went to see that. Those are terrifying. Yeah, well, they're they're scary for a whole other reason. Just because, like, death is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but the Babadook is really smart because it's it's a horror film without jump scares. It's a horror film that has a very kind. Of, I don't want to spoil it, you see, mm. but it, it has a very smart climax in regard to what it does with the monster. My only criticism is the monster looks a little goofy when you see it. Well, what's the name? What what the name Babadook? What were you expecting? Because it's kind of like a scarecrow. It kind of looks like Freddy Krueger, except kind of stiffer. Right. Wears the same hat, kind of has claws. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's one of his offspring. Yeah, but it maybe it is. It's like let's make a Nightmare on Elm Street film without getting the rights to actually doing it. <laughs> without getting sued. Which it, it is kind of like that, but mm. uh, it's a really smart film. Okay. Uh, it deals with the, the the issue of grief very smartly. Even even the way it pays off, like it doesn't always go away. You just have to deal with it. That's a beautiful sentiment, Karen. Yeah. Well, it's the sentiment of the film, Ken. It's not something I came up with. I'm not smart enough for that. Gar didn't write the Babadook. I don't make He's films. not promoting his own film. <laughs> no. Uh, my first pick this week, uh, both my picks are documentaries, as it happens. Uh, I've been watching a lot of documentaries <laughs> recently. And this is one I've been waiting to see for a while. And it finally came to Netflix. Uh, Net- I was going to say Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's, you're incepting people, you see. Exactly. But it finally came to Netflix uh, last week. It's called I Am Big Bird. Are and you Big Bird? I'm not Big Bird. Oh, I wish I was, though. You're not Carl Spinney? It tells the story of Carl Spinney. Carl, well done. You know I know Big Bird. Yeah. Who's, uh, I think he's 80 now. He's, he's like, getting on. I always uh, thought it was, uh, she was a woman. Yeah. One, because his name is Carl. And Big Bird kind of sounds feminine. Kind of. Uh, like, uh, I think the, the goal for Big Bird is that he sounds like a child. Yeah. Basically. Um, and it tells the story of how he, uh, Carl Spinney got started uh, as a puppeteer. He's also a very talented artist. Not many people know that. Um, you know, just the an insight how to the how the big bird character was created uh apparently he early on he just wasn't getting the character and he nearly quit he just like like um he had he was also the voice and uh operator of oscar the grouch mm. and it just wasn't working out and he nearly went up to jim henson's office and quit <laughs> uh but he stuck with it i think the the big breakthrough that he had as i said was to kind of see big bird as a child but just to see some, like he's, he's done it since the beginning still does it doesn't he still does it on a part-time basis uh he has an understudy now only shows up for the big gigs um understudy does the day-to-day grunt work it's really difficult because uh big bird uh is 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 a very ornate puppet in the sense that he his hand operates the mouth and one of his arms goes into one of the arms and then it has a counter lever inside that moves the other arm so you can't move the mouth and both arms at the same time yeah so if you move the arm, it moves the. If you move the arm that is actually off his arm, it moves the other arm. Ah. That's why Big Bird's arms are always up. Ah. So um, puppetry is cool. Yeah, it, it it's just like he's a really sweet man. Like he like, yeah, he just like. Is this gonna be like one of that Elmo documentary though? Where it's he's very similar, but no, he's not a pedophile or that, alleged pedophile. That was crushing. It's just like because that documentary was so sweet. Yeah, all those charges were dropped though. Yeah, thankfully. Does he, does he do, he doesn't do it anymore, does no. he? No, uh, and he still sounds almost still sounds the same, which is yeah, weird. I always find that creepy. But uh, it's just uh, an interesting story of like the origins of Big Bird, like uh, the fact that he still does it today is just is just really amazing, and just the impact that Big Bird has had on on popular culture, on children, uh, you know, and uh, just the story of a man who's just like uh, dedicated his life to making children happy and. And he takes he takes great pride in it. Uh, they tell a story in the documentary. I won't spoil too much. That uh, Big Bird was uh, doing an appearance, and it was at a college, and uh, they left a suit somewhere for lunch, 
and uh, uh, these college students decided to get a souvenir and basically ripped it apart. And he said it was like a child. Uh, yeah, they ripped the feathers off, ripped one of the eyes out. Those people should be jailed. Uh, Crimes against humanity. And he said, it, like, he actually cried because he thought it was like seeing one of his uh, children raped and pillaged, basically. Because he is Big Bird and Big Bird is him. Big Bird we is should, his. We should tr- put put those people to, like, public public punishments. Yeah. Flag them in public. Throw yeah. them on the back of but trains. It's just a really sweet story. It's similar to uh, being Elmo, if you like that, uh, without the sinister uh, implications. Without what came after, yeah. Uh, but he was cleared, except all of one. But we won't get into that. Mm. Uh, but it's just a really, really nicely made documentary. All the feels. And if you want a, a tinge of nostalgia uh, while watching a, a good piece of film, uh, watch it. And it was it was like a really interesting film as well. Like there were three fans who just kind of uh, crowdsourced the money to make the film and just followed their hero around for a, a while and got his thoughts on his, his life and work. So that's neat. That's I Am Big Bird on Netflix. Yeah. Babadook is on Netflix as well, by the way. Yeah. So it's, Be- a, it's a Netflix week. Speaking of Netflix, their, their big documentary series, Majig, Taking Over the World, their true crime series, Making a Murderer Again. I find this a very weird phenomenon that that people are becoming famous for being murderers now. Yeah, I don't like true crime because uh, you can feel uh, the, the my biggest problem with the show is you can feel them turning it into a television show. Yeah, you know, you can feel them uh, devising twists and setting up narratives and plotting because it is it is a skewed documentary. It it pretty blatantly takes the side the story. It's the story of Stephen Avery who was uh, charged with sexual assault in the eighties, and DNA evidence proved him to be innocent. And he was released. In 2003, and then in 2005, he was charged again with murder. And apparently he was due a very big settlement from the state for being wrongfully imprisoned the first time. Which he still got. He got some of, he got 100,000, but yeah. apparently it was up to 34 million there. Well, yeah, he was not going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> they always go. They paid for his lawyers for his second trial. Yeah, basically. basically. Uh, but yeah, it's the story of Stephen Avery, and he, he was then accused of murdering somebody, and then there's a whole rigmarole about that particular case. But what I, what I don't like about it, it does take a very skewed slant. Well, all documentaries are going to take, uh, like, like the worst documentaries try to straddle the fence. Mm. You know, that, you know, you can't be wishy-washy, you can't be, like, taking both sides. It's a bad documentary. So, while it's biased... The best documentaries have one stance. Yeah, so. well, but like uh, the first season of Serial has a stance as well, to a degree. Yeah, you know, she wants to think he's innocent. Yeah, and and you hear that, and she admits that. You know, yeah. she talks about that and what how that affects the things she's doing, which I, I think is much more upfront about it than saying he's innocent, nothing else. Yeah, but uh, there like like there's been a lot of spinoff material from this. There's been like podcasts talking about the series. Yeah, people are obsessed with it. There's actually a lot of articles about the evidence they left out, which is quite... Which is my problem with the show. Uh, it, the thing, it should present all the evidence relevant or as much as humanly possible in 10 episodes. But 10, 10 60-minute episodes in 600 minutes, you should be able to present at least the, the bones of a whole case. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, apparently they, they left out some stuff that could be pretty damning for yeah, his Yeah, especially they left out most of the stuff relating to the motive behind it. Because yeah. apparently he stalked her a little beforehand and tried to lure her to him. Yeah, but, so... Uh, not to say that he did it. Apparently, he had a brother that had a history of of, of uh, sexual violence towards women. Yeah, but so did he. Apparently, one of his uh, ex girlfriends, who was a fiance at one stage, came out and said that he was abusive and controlling. But you just wonder, like, you would, yeah, yeah, if people are trying to get their fifteen minutes. That's you know? the, that's the problem with all of this. 
and like you say oh well you can read about all the other stuff afterward but you can't trust the stuff you're reading either so you just never know because everyone's looking to cash in on this like everyone's like yeah. oh making a murderer's hits let's 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 do a think piece about it it's 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 uh, kind of disgusting in some ways that it is a murder is 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 a, is a million dollar industry turned like, into entertainment yeah. like the they showed a clip a very brief clip on the show of uh, you know dateline yeah. The NBC show that it's a, it's a true crime show. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how we're like, oh, we scour the country for the best murders. You know, murders are hot. Murders are money. Yeah. And you're like, how can you say that without the slightest bit of empathy? Yeah. You know, how can that come out of your mouth and you go, Jesus, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Like no guilt. Just like <laughs> yeah. just so desensitized to violence. We're selling murder, real murder. People died. We're selling it for money. It's like, that's, I suppose like as a country, they're just desensitized towards death because guns and death it is so prevalent yeah yeah but we, that's a whole other story that's a whole other podcast a whole, a whole other podcast yeah making a murder it's it's compelling viewing it's worth which is watch. almost my problem with it it's worth to watch yeah and everyone's talking about it so you know and in fact it's almost redundant to to recommend it because i'm pretty sure everyone's yeah, seen everyone, it. have you watched any of it i haven't i've resisted because yeah. I, I like cereal but yeah. i don't know it's, if I, you just the first season of cereal yeah yeah, I'm, I'm I'm listening to the second season at the moment as yeah, well. Yeah, as I said, she does she does root for him to be innocent. She does really, doesn't she? Yeah, but she's willing to accept if he's not exactly. But uh, yeah, but you know, money. whereas this is very much yeah, he's pretty much innocent. He's innocent. That's their slant exactly. Uh, and like they're basically claiming that the state framed him. Yep. And well, like, I I still don't buy that. Yeah, that instead of investigating the murder of a dead lady, they. Or they burned the body, scattered some of the bones, uh, and it went through like four or five different stages of framing him. Just to pin it on someone. Yeah, that's a little extreme. My final pick for this week is is also a documentary, so it's a very documentary. It's a documentary Netflix, I would say. Well, making Besides a murder or the Bob Duck, unless that's a documentary, that would be very strange. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my last pick is Don't Stop Believing, Every Man's Journey on Netflix. And as you is might... It about Glee? It's about uh, no, it's about Journey, Aww. the actual band that did the, the song originally. But Glee did the song originally. <laughs> uh, there's a band called Journey from the seventies and eighties, care who did that song? I'm afraid. But Glee, uh, no. Oh, yeah. But uh, basically, Ryan Murphy has sold me a lie. Yeah, <laughs> he like like the way they the way it, it, it's gone. Like young people. Uh, yeah, and that's a, that's a Glee song. Yeah. They wrote that song for Glee. Exactly. And they, they hung on that song a lot. Don't Stop Believing is the most downloaded song of the 20th century. Really? Yeah. And it's uh, it's got quite a claim to the 21st century so far as well. Yeah. So um, basically, you know, the documentary is about the troubled history of Journey. Like, you know, they've had, they had great success with their, their, their troubled journey. Exactly. <laughs> that was purpose. Full I was driving it home. But uh, basically, the story is about uh, you know their origins, how they kind of struggled a bit, uh, like because they had creative differences. So like they had a lot of success early, and then they couldn't get on. So they they like they they never really capitalized on it because they kind of took long hiatuses around conflicts with Steve Perry, who's their original lead singer, and then they eventually found a new lead singer who whose voice just gave out. So like uh, they're a bit Karma. unlucky, but. Basically, the the start of the documentary is their search for a new lead singer, and of all places, they find him find a new singer in Manila, in the Philippines. That's an interesting place to find someone. A gentleman by the name of Arnel Pineda. Uh, they basically uh, the one of the uh, Neil Shun, who is a guitarist for Journey, 
was like scouring the internet because they like announced a new tour, a new album, but they didn't have a singer <laughs> and uh, they were scouring the internet. And uh, like he was just about to give up, apparently, because he couldn't find anyone, just, you know, tribute acts and stuff like that. And he found uh, a YouTube video of Arnell singing in a local club and he sounds identical. It's uh, to the Steve Perry. It's actually scary. So they plucked him out of obscurity and turned him into a superstar. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he made a living out of music, uh, but he's like, it's uh, it's a really interesting documentary as well because it tells his story. He came, he came from a very poor background. His mother died young. They tried to keep her alive through her illness and they 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 lost everything they had. And then he used his music career to bring his family back together and put them under one roof. And, you know, it's just his story of uh, of how he came to, you know, from obscurity to superstardom and how he adjusts to from being a no, uh, an unknown to being like one of the like it's not they're not a, like in fairness, they're they are a bit of a cult band. They're mm. not like the biggest band, but like, you know, well, Don't Stop Believing is a huge song. Yeah. So, you know, the tour they went on, like they were selling out 20,000 seaters. So like they're not nobodies, but, you know, like just uh, it's just interesting. So and, like but he's really humble about it because like, he's had his trouble with drugs and his family troubles and his uh, alcohol problems. So he's really humble about it. Like, you know, people like like really racist about it. Saying, like we don't want this Asian monkey taking over our band he's not Steve people are the worst he's not Steve Perry all this stuff like like, stop it and then he like blew them all away and it's just like uh, but he's he's, like it's just his attitude about it like look you know I just want to focus on the people that support me I can't control the people who don't you know and they like Steve Perry Perry, that's their choice you know I understand it I'm a fan of Steve Perry he's just really humble about it all people are always like that though it's like oh it's not the same I hate it's not the samers and whatever that's that's a stupid argument because he sounds identical (laughs) it's unbelievable like but he's just really pragmatic about it like he's really grateful for for it and he's like you know if it all went away I don't really mind you know (laughs) (laughs) he got a nice house out of it you know and yeah he's just he's focused on his family and he doesn't want to kind of let the fame uh, cloud what's important so it's an uplifting story but it's also a good parable for for having perspective and and Justin Bieber should watch being it. happy for what you have so that's don't stop believing every man's journey on Netflix as well so check it out those are two there's some uplifting stories there just to just to give you a boost if you're having a January slump or if you want to watch a story about murder or haunted things yeah you were yeah. you went happy and I went murder and grief and death <laughs> So that shows what mood I'm in, <laughs> I'm in for January. I got a promotion this week. so Yeah, Ken's earning an extra five grand now. So he's up Mr. Moneybags. Up to 10, I'll tell you that later. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm in the money now. But, he's uh, in the money. I got a big promotion. and oh, I got, lots of money. I got a, uh, a big boost when they're like, you did the best interview by far and you were the first choice. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. Ken is succeeding. I'm unemployed. Yeah, so that's so he's all grim and death <laughs> yes, and I'm all positivity. <laughs> that's where we're coming from this week. It seems that we're fresh out of Pixar. You've had the lot. We'll make sure to do a shop so that we are restocked in time for our next week. Be sure to let us know your thoughts if you check out any of our recommendations on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or on Twitter at TWSKK. Just time for another break before we talk the 2016 Academy Award nominations. Stay with us. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You're listening to The Weekend Show with myself, Ken Kidney, and my co-host, Garrett. This past week saw the announcement of the much-anticipated Oscar nominations ahead of the annual ceremony hosted by Chris Rock, which takes place on Sunday, February 28th. As usual, there were surprises, snubs, and 
the, the ever important controversy. Controversy is more important than anything else. Controversy creates cash, or, or so they say. So this week, we talk the key categories and make our predictions for the big event. So, Gar, uh, one of the main talking points, which uh, is quite sad. Yeah. White Oscars. Uh, Oscars so white is the hashtag I think yeah. it is. Uh, no black actors nominated out of 20 in, in all four acting categories again this year. Not yeah. only this year, but it's two years in a row now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's created the, the whole furor over the Oscars being racist again. I think people are missing the point there. Yeah. The, the Oscars not nominating black actors is a symptom, not a cause. Would you care to explain what you mean by that? The cause is black actors not getting good roles. Yeah. There are some. There are some snubs. Like you look at Michael B. Jordan for best actor. Yeah. Snub. Uh, Will, uh, was, Smith, Will Smith for concussion. Yeah, which is a bit of a... I didn't see that, so I can't, I can't judge whether that was a good performance. But people, people talked well about it. And he was they? nominated for the Golden Globe as well, so people yeah, kind of thought and, he would be. But like Ryan Coogler, did he get a best director nod? No, he did not. That's, that's also a snub. Yeah, but, but um, yeah. on the whole, it is a symptom. Yeah, it, it's 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 a problem within the Hollywood itself, not a problem with the Oscars intrinsically. Yeah, but it, it would sadden me to see tokenism as well. I don't like tokenism, no. Do you know, just nominating black art- black actors for the sake of it, I think I can't think that would make them happy either. I saw people saying Idris Elba was snubbed, but I don't know what he was in. I can't I can't remember what he was no. in. No, uh, but like, yeah, I, I think that. You know, it's it's a voting system. There's ballots and vote, and if black actors don't rise to the top, maybe it says something about the academy. But it probably does. But again, it, it, I think it says more about people getting. Uh, I think it says a lot about the kind of roles that get nominated these days, because it's very much historical figures, most of whom tend to be white men. Historical figures, uh, and or mental illness, yeah. and, or. Drastic transformation. Yep, but we said uh, I don't think Straight Outta Compton got anything either, did it? They got some writing nominations. Yeah, which is something, I suppose. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, I would hate to see a PC world where we have to have a quota of black actors. Well, no, that's some kind of affirmative action. No, not not in awards, but like Michael B. Jordan and, and Ryan Coogler, I think should have been nominated. Particularly, I think Ryan Coogler more than Michael B. Jordan because I think he is, it was a good performance, but it wasn't like a oh, brilliant performance. Yeah. It was good, but you know, for uh, that was a very well directed, well written film. He wrote that film as well. So, yeah, yeah, and he also wrote wrote Fruitvale Station, which is a very good film. Which also well. had Michael B. Jordan in it. So they have uh, yeah, uh, a fruitful, a fruitful relationship. Uh, good job, Gar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, perhaps the Academy have something to answer for in that sense. But at the same time, uh, you know, they can't control how the ballots work out. Oh, so Hollywood give more black actors great roles. Yeah, exactly. That's the solution to this problem. <laughs> Equality. But in fairness, uh, if uh, there was uh, no actress category, uh, women would be in the same boat. Yeah, I, I don't like the the idea of actors and actresses, but women wouldn't get any knowledge. So. If it was all one category for actors, male and female, you can guarantee the women would get snubbed as well. Yeah, they were, well, they'd always include one or two maybe, but... Less women would be acknowledged for great performances. Yeah. No, that's not to say add a black actor category. <laughs> exactly. That, that, <coughs> that, that, Gar's, Gar's sick. <coughs> I'm dying. He was doing quite well until now. I was doing okay until now I'm suddenly dying. Okay. Uh, the most nominations, not surprisingly, went to The Revenant, but also Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, Mad Max is the, the kind of surprising one that they're acknowledging, even though yeah. I didn't think it was any good. The, the, the Revenant got 12 nods which is quite good yeah leo tried to stack the deck didn't he yeah uh 
like Leo starred in it. It's got Tam Hardy, who's very popular. It's got Emmanuel Dubezki, who's the who, who won the best uh, cinematography Oscar two years in a row now. Uh, we'll get on to him later. Yep. Uh, Alejandro G. Uh, is it G. Anarato? I I don't know how to pronounce it's his one name. of it's it's one of the, uh, the fellow know. who did Birdman. Uh, yeah, who's the the reigning best director? So he really stacked the deck in his favor. But we'll get on to that later. Uh, do you want to take us through our first category, guys? Uh, yes, best writing uh, for best adapted screenplay, actually, rather than best original screenplay. Uh, the Big Short uh, by Charles Randolph and Adam McKay, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, and The Room by Nick Hornby, Phyllis Nagy, Drew Goddard, and Emma Donoghue, respectively. Yeah. Um, looking at that, I haven't seen. I've only seen uh, two of those films, mm-hmm. but I would have to clump for Room. Really. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz around the room. And uh, the kid didn't get nominated. People actually thought the kid might get nominated. He yeah. was snubbed. Yeah, we'll get on to that guy. Yeah, don't, okay. Don't worry. I'm sorry. Pace yourself. Yeah. But, uh, so you don't have any predictions? Uh, possibly the big short, you know. Martian was well written. Drew Goddard did Daredevil as well. So yeah. he's very good. I like him. Yeah. So I think it's an open category. There's a lot of kind of big names in there in terms big, of... Yeah, the big short is, is, is getting a bit of buzz, isn't it? Yeah, and does kind of quirky comedy kind of uh dramedy films tend to do well in terms of uh uh writing oscars so yeah uh the next one is still writing but uh best original screenplay this time yep which is bridge of spies uh, wasn't bridge of spies based on a book based on a true story but it's adapted basically oh it happened the story rather than from a book yeah so it's 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 based on real events but not the actual events ah okay i would say uh that's why it's categorized as original uh, it's Bridge of Spies, written by Matt Charman. And I did not notice Ethan and Joel Cohen wrote. wrote yeah, they, I think they punched it up. They, yeah. they were brought in to, you know, add a, a light and humor and fun to it. Uh, Ex Machina, which is Alex Garland. Uh, super neat idea. Yeah. So you can see, I, I think they might lean toward that. Inside Out by Pete Doctor, Meg Lefavre. Uh, Favre? Yeah, I don't know. Josh Cooley. <laughs> Original Story by Pete Doctor and Ronnie Del Carmen. Spotlight by Josh Singer and Tom McCarthy, who also directed. And Straight Hill of Compton by Jonathan Herman and Andrea Berloff. Story by S. Lee Savage and Alan Menkes and Andrea Berloff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are going to get a statues if they win. So they probably won't win because it's like too many statues. <laughs> yeah, it's too expensive. Sorry, guys. Uh, I suppose the main talking point here, Gar, is that Aaron Sorkin received no nomination yeah, that for been, Steve Jobs. That would have been best adapted screenplay. I would have said so. It's based on a book. Because that was based on the Jobs book. Uh, that's quite a shock, but I think maybe they decided he's had enough. <laughs> You've had enough. If we can't nominate you every time you write something, Aaron. Or else they'll have to call it Best Adapted Sorkin. <laughs> yeah. That's the award. Uh, Sorkin Award. The Sorkin. They might as well name it after him. Uh, in terms of this, I prefer awards toward, in, in original categories going toward like properly original ideas. Yeah. Which so. for me would rule out Bridge of Spies, Spotlight and Straight Outta Compton. Because they're borrowing from real life. Yeah, they're based. Whereas Inside Out is, is a truly wonderful original idea fully yeah. realized by itself. Yeah. And same with Ex Machina. It's a, a kind of neat... Uh, artificial intelligence story. I'm not going to predict because I haven't seen these fil- all these films. I've but seen... I'm going to say I hope that Inside Out wins it. Yeah, I hope Inside Out wins everything it could possibly win. I've seen three of these. Yeah, so close enough. Visual effects up next, Gar. We should say that we're not going to take you through all the categories because this would be as long as the Oscars itself. But just the ones that are of interest to us. Yep. Ex Machina, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian. The Revenant and Star Wars: The Force Awakens. 
Uh, Star Wars will get some awards, probably. Uh, probably just will be. Yeah, yeah. Like if you look, if you think of like visually impressive films all year, Star Wars is probably the most impressive. Yeah. So, and but the Martian has some interesting effects in the way it realizes Mars. Yeah, as well. did a good job. Uh, and even the Revenant, the way that that CG bear looks pretty cool. So. <laughs> yes. Badass bears. The bear got snubbed here, so. Yeah. No one nominated the bear. Who did the mocap for the bear? They didn't get nominated. So the bear is it's probably any circus. It's always any circus. Yeah. So uh, Hollywood is racist towards bears as well, apparently. Speaking of uh, best Speaking short of film animated, uh, the first nominee is Bear Story. The way mm-hmm. see the way I segue to the cards, perfect. Rock solid. Uh, followed by Prologue, We Can't Live Without the Cosmos, Sanjay's Super Team, and Let Me Fold My Paper Here. Sorry, sorry, listeners, I'm sorry. World of Tomorrow, which has nothing to do with Tomorrowland because that was terrible. No lava, Ken. No lava got snubbed because it's creepy. <laughs> it's just strange. It has a nice song in it. It doesn't. The song is creepy too. Everything about lava is creepy. Uh, I would say that's going to Sanjay's super team. Yeah, Pixar. Yeah, it always yeah. goes to Pixar. Or Although, it, uh, uh, we'll get to it later. The uh, the animated category you would say Inside Out, but it's, yeah, actually it's st- Inside Out. It's actually a strong category. It's now. guaranteed to be Inside Out. Uh, if it's not Inside Out, that's stupid. And Disney Gar is actually absent this year from Best Original Song in the music category. Did they have an original song this year? I don't know. So it's actually quite surprising. But Disney didn't have a film this year though. Yeah, but like Disney, Pixar, like usually Disney... Well, Pixar generally... Did it, Inside Out didn't have a song, did it? I don't think so. No, I don't remember. But usually you see some kind of animation nominated in this category or children's film. Yeah, original song, Ruined It by, from Fish Shades of Grey, Manta Ray from uh, Racing Extinction, which I've never heard of. Yeah, <laughs> it's a documentary, I think. Simple song number three from Youth, which I've also never heard of. Um, Till, uh, Till It Happens to You from The Hunting Ground. Which I've also never heard of. And uh, writing on the wall from Spectre. And I think we should look no further for the winner there. Well, yeah. Skyfall won, didn't it? It did. So do you think they'll give the bond twice? Uh, well, Spectre won uh, the, the best original song at the Golden Globes last mm. Sunday. So I have to think that, you know, they, li- they like awarding uh, young British artists for some reason. They love, you know, yeah. embracing them as their own. And bringing them in to perform. Yeah. So, My favorite thing was the year the Muppets were nominated. They didn't do the songs live. Boo! That was devastating. So I think I think Spectre's got. I that like one. that. You know, like you know, they, they do a performance of the songs every year. It's a nice little interlude. I look forward to that. Yeah. Following on in the music category, best original score, British Spies, Thomas Newman. Good score. Car- I like that score. Yeah, very good. It, 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 it was it was Williams esque. Yeah. Because it's a Spielberg film, so Spielberg probably won certain emotional beats hit. But yeah, Thomas Newman did a good job. Carol, Carter Burwell, The Hateful Eight, Ennio Morricone, who's one of my favorites. You think so? I think it'll win. Sicario, I should say, Johan Johansson. That's so weird. That's hard to say. It's basically the same name twice. And (laughs) Star Wars The Force Awakens, John Williams. Which was a great score. But it's it's treading similar ground though. Yeah, but it was a great score. Even the new tracks were great. Uh, But uh, Ennio Morricone, he's won an Oscar before for Cinema Party, so didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he might have. But uh, yeah, because I went to see Star Wars again last week. Yeah, great score. Yeah. The score is so good. I went. To, I actually watched the hit for late last week, which I didn't like that much. Yeah, and I didn't even notice the score. So <laughs> perhaps you know, maybe you're wronger. Maybe I am wrong. I hope they give it a job. I like John Williams. He makes good music. On now to documentary feature, which uh, features the short list of Amy Cartel Land, The Look of Silence, What Happened, Miss Simone. And Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, I reckon Amy Winehouse 
the first one is an Amy Winehouse documentary. Oh. Her, her life and death. Are any of these happy documentaries? Uh, no. That's what I don't like. Why not nominate I'm Big Bird? Yeah. Why not nominate things that make people smile? Yeah. Documentaries uh, don't have to be grim. What Happened Miss Simone is is a very, very uh, serious documentary as well. And Ukraine is obviously serious. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a joyful track uh, for Ukraine. I haven't, I haven't seen any of these. I, I kind of half watched uh, Miss Simone with my girlfriend, uh, which looked pretty well put together. But I have to think it's probably going to be Ukraine because of some kind of political, political message and, <laughs> and, uh, and Western guilt, basically. Um, do you want to take us for our next one, Gary? Uh, cinematography. Carol by Ed Lockman. Uh, the Hateful Eight by Robert Richardson. Mad Max Fury Road by John Seal. And The Revenant by Emmanuel, or the Reverend by Emmanuel Lebesky and Sicario by Roger Deakins. Now, Emmanuel Lebesky has been nominated for the third year in a row and is looking for a hat-trick of wins. He's trying to win three in a row. I think he's got a stiff competition here because uh, in terms of cinematography... Uh, he's the only good thing about Mad Max. Yeah, <laughs> th- that's a very strong film from a, from a visual like standpoint. And The Hateful Eight, uh, Tarantino films tend to kind of get attention for their third cinematography as well so i think he'll probably win it but it's a tough category for this time for mm. him uh, moving on to directing the big short adam mckay who's usually a, a comedy actor so he's actually yeah. being recognized for and this is kind of dramedy isn't it yeah it's it's a kind of it's kind of a it's a serious setting it's a serious subject it's wall street again which yeah. seems to be a buzz topic these days but uh, it's kind of looking at it from a humorous point of view. Kind of like The Wolf of Wall Street, which is a drama with comedic well, elements. The Wolf of Wall Street was also terrible, but... Hot take, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's fantasizing this stuff. It's terrible. Uh, Mad Max, Fury Road, George Miller. The Fair Re- play. The Revenant, Alejandro G. Inaratu. Room, Lenny Abrahamson, who's Irish. He's from Dublin, yeah. Good job for him. And Spotlight, Tom McCarthy. I don't like Mad Max, but I'm I'm happy that kind of film gets... Yeah. kind of some appreciation I'm i thought it was a bad film but yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of sad the star wars doesn't get that kind of recognition yeah i thought i thought jj did a great job more importantly again no no steve steve yeah. spielberg no and we'll, we'll talk about an actors tom didn't get a nod either yeah so, so. the double snub for bridge of spies again gosh yeah we'll get on to it okay? steve no steve spielberg uh i actually think that like i uh, think george miller will win it you think so i think george i, I think they'll give it to george miller i i wouldn't like what inarashi won the the golden globe he so. won it last year, though. They're not going to even do him twice. They, they, I don't think they've ever done it. He uh, was super demanding for that film, though, wasn't he? It's really rare, yeah. He, he insisted on using natural light, which, like, doubled the length of the shoot. And the, the cost of the shoot as well. Yeah. I don't think the studio were too happy about that. But uh, he seems to be the it guy this, this year. I'm, I'm not surprised he's nominated again. I wouldn't be surprised if he won again, either. Mm. Uh, moving on to the, the big categories, Gar. Big ones. For the us, anyway. ones. Uh, Animated feature film, uh, which features Anomalisa... Boy and the World, Inside Out, Sean the Sheep movie, which is kind of weird. Go Sean! Apparently it's very good. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Apparently it's a great film though. And stop motion is a is a, an incredible art, I think. Yeah, it takes it's, a long time. It's tough, difficult. They do cheat a bit these days and use uh, CG for oh, faces sorry and for stuff. Cutting a few corners so we don't have to spend hours putting six hundred faces on the poor sheep. And uh, for the first time in a few years that an anime has been nominated for. When Marnie was there, uh, that's the English name. I'm sure some Japanese name would be. You know my stance on anime, Ken. Uh, do I? Mm. You don't like it? I don't mind anime, but I don't like the name anime because it's just people who don't want to pretend their things are cartoons. Hot taker. That's <laughs> full of hot takes. What you watch is cartoon. It, I watch cartoons. I don't have a problem it's, admitting it's, it. It's got to be Inside Out. Let's, I hope yeah. it's Inside Out. Inside no, out. Peanuts nod. 
Yeah, no peanuts, but uh, but you also no minions. Yeah, but you could see the and o- no the good dinosaur. Yeah, you could see the Oscars though. Yeah, well, uh, is the good dinosaur the first ever Pixar film not to be nominated for an Academy Award? I don't know. It's the f- it's considered their first ever flop anyway. At least since they they've instituted the animated award, I think it might be. Yeah, but Anomalisa is a stop motion as well. It's it's very critically lauded. Uh, when Marnie was there, like they, every few years, they tend to give it to an anime just to kind of look legit, legit. So well, they give it to Miyazaki films. Yeah, you know, don't they? Like Spirited Away. So I wouldn't be surprised if Inside Out lost out, but I think you know it's it's, it's, it's it should a, win. It, it should win. It should be in the bloody best picture. It's an no brainer we'll for it's, no, it's an no brainer for me, but Anomalisa could be a stiff competition as well, just because there's a lot of buzz around that. Mm. Uh, actress in a supporting role, girl. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee for the Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara for Carol, Rachel McAdams for Spotlight. Uh, Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl and Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. No, Kate Winslet won this award at the Golden Globes. Yeah, she was very good in Steve Jobs. She was, but I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna say Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. Really? There seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of buzz around her. Hmm. She was also in Ex Machina. Wasn't she was. She, she was yeah, the robot she girl. Was her. She was good in that. So yeah, I think you know they they like bringing new actor young actors into the fold by kind of actresses can. Well, yeah, it's a gender neutral term. Guys, I, d- so. I don't like the word actress. It's gender neutral. I, I, I think I ranted about that like two should, weeks ago. It should be called best female actor in a reporting role. Yeah. Supporting role. Reporting role. Reporting. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't a Peabody, Ken. No, it's not the Peabody's. Actor in a supporting role. You have Christian Bale for The Big Short. That's his third nomination. Tom Hardy for The Revenant. Mark Ruffalo for Spotlight. I like Mark Ruffalo. I like to see him win something. Mark Raylance for Bridge of Spies. And uh, Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Uh, Slice Stallone won the Golden Globe. Yeah, he did. So I, people I was like Slice Stallone. I was surprised, and I, it's almost because like you can act. <laughs> yeah, you forget he's very good in Creed. That's the thing. Like, so like they're so shocked by his his performance that they actually gave it to him just because they were like surprised. And as we were talking about yesterday, it's like he, he got out of the way and he's not fighting anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would have been ridiculous if Rocky had another fight. Yeah. He's in his sixties. He's supposed to have brain damage, <laughs> yeah. arthritis. It's just unbelievable. Uh, uh, I, I was fearing uh, they were going to do a WrestleMania nine. Yeah. Uh, if people have watched WrestleMania nine, where where Michael B. Jordan loses and he's like, "Rocky, Rocky, do it for me!" And Rocky gets in the ring, punches him out, and wins. Yeah. It's like Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> but uh, uh, I suppose the difference was this wasn't actually written, pr- or produced, or directed by Slice Stallone. So. He was just in it. Yeah. So it's a, like it's it's clever because it relaunches the franchise, but. People, people say, oh, it's a spin-off. It's not. It's a sequel. It's a continuation. But it Rocky, has a different name. Rocky is in a supporting role it's, now. It's not, it's not called Rocky anymore, but it's still a sequel. Yes, it, because Rocky is 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 mentoring... He's in it. The new, the new generation. <laughs> yeah. And that's the way it should be. It would just, as we said, it would just be absolutely bonkers if he was... Uh, if he was like punching people up still he's like you're oh, seven. I'm a tough guy in my 70s <laughs> 70 like I can't imagine any uh, boxing commission would even let him get in the ring at this point <laughs> but uh, yeah I, uh, looking at that Mark Roydance stands out to me uh, I'd said I'd say 50-50 shot between him and Sly interesting so then Mark Ruffalo will probably end up winning the big three <laughs> now go around to the big three Kate uh, Blanchett for Carol this is best actress in a leading role I should say excuse mm-hmm. me Brie Larson for Room. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. This is our third, uh, no, fourth nomination. <laughs> and she's only like 25. Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. And Saoirse Ronan, our very own Saoirse Ronan from Dublin for uh, Brooklyn. Irish nominees again. I like, I like when these are announced. Yeah. The news is like, 
Irish interest at the Oscars this yeah. year. We did it. People we don't care about anything else. We have a, such an inferiority complex. We that really when, do. When people award us, we're just like, oh my God. Yeah, like people was, like us. Most of the Irish Star Wars reviews were like, the film is great. And, and whatchamacallit, Skellig Michael looked brilliant on film. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, it's going to go to Brie Larson for a room. She won the, the Golden Globe. I've seen none of these films. She's kind of a young, hot actress. They like, like Jennifer Lawrence has been given that kind of role already <laughs> yeah she's she stepped up where they you know but like they like to award young actresses and bring them into the kind of inner circle by kind of awarding them by the way Ken no Meryl Streep no Meryl Streep in any category yeah <gasps> it's almost unheard of <laughs> although I think I heard she was a, a close close runner up for best actor in a supporting role oh terrible joke okay. yeah it's <laughs> like oh <laughs> oh you know so of me girl. you know yeah. so of me uh, final acting category um, not blacking because there's no black actors there's in there absolutely none uh, Brian Cranston for Trumbo Matt Damon which I was pleased to see I really like that he got nominated for The Martian because that's the kind of film that they're like oh you know good blockbuster film but not award worthy yeah. whereas he carries that film he's great in that film long periods are just him and he made it entertaining that's yeah. that's actually fantastic acting it's a, it's a super film Leo DiCaprio for The Revenant Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs was actually pretty um, underrepresented at the Oscars, I'd say. Yeah. And Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl, which is like blatant hit. It's yeah, basically... It, it, I really hope he doesn't win because that's that's him doing an Oscar film. Yeah, it's blatant. that like, Basically, he plays one of the early transgender women and is, it, it's really transparent, for want of a better word. Well, hey! It's another show about trans people. <laughs> it's uh, probably better and features a better leading role uh, apparently, and a more nuanced apparently leading Apparently, what I've read that he wasn't brave enough with it he didn't really uh take any risks in terms of his portrayal you know actually um uh going back to transparent very briefly at the golden globes the, yeah. they showed a shot of aziz ansari just sitting there because he was nominated in the same award as uh jeffrey tambor yeah. it's like how to lose gracefully to jeffrey tambor he's reading a book yeah <laughs> that was pretty funny but he wasn't he didn't win this year either who did win i can't remember but it wasn't him yeah but uh yeah uh I'd like to see if Michael Fassbender win it. He's been nominated a couple of times now. Uh, I'd like to see Leo win. Just give Leo one, for God's sake. He, as we said earlier, he stacked the deck in his favour. Uh, but like the thing is, all the buzz is like, he's going to win it this time. <laughs> yeah. he's, like He got the best cinematographer. He got the best director. He got the best cast. He got a role that's basically him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you know, you know, the role where like, you know, all the hallmarks of an Oscar. Uh, uh, star- startling transformation. Um, hardship to portray the role like you know you know long shoots bit of method acting bit of method acting like you know really really horrible environment <laughs> yeah. like, like put yourself through misery and they'll, they might give you an award exactly for it. like like cold and wet and 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 ice and snow and stuff like that um yeah I, i'm biased i want to see michael fassbender win it i think he transformed himself into steve jobs i hope i'm rooting for leo uh but can you imagine the, the, <laughs> he loses again yeah it's voting though because you never know people won't just go like because like it happens sometimes at the oscars it kind of bugs me where people give it to they vote for someone because they deserve it overall rather than they actually deserve it for the film itself yeah and that kind of annoys me but at the same time uh i would like to see, i would like to see him get his shot but can you imagine the the media the next day if he doesn't get it it'll just be all oh yeah it. it'll all be like leo lost yeah that's the only story coming out of this unlucky leo again i was like but uh, Martin Scorsese for a long time got overlooked by the Oscars, like, and they basically gave him one before he croaked. So they were, <laughs> we're giving you one before you die, Marty. Yeah, 
But um, yeah, nobody's looking past Leo. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen for him again because you never know. It's an open vote, so yeah, what people decide that Plants Bender was better, or I'm rooting for Leo, or maybe Matt Damon might. He win. deserves one. Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, in fact, Matt Damon is great. Yeah, uh, do you want to take us to the final category here, the big the, one? Big one, uh, best picture excluding Inside Out, uh, The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, The Martian, and The Revenant. Room and Spotlight. It's eight, Gar. Oh, jeez, you went on to the next page. Yeah, it's up to up to up to ten in the acting category. Yeah, or the the, the excuse me, the film category. Have I didn't. I, uh, there was one there was like two years where it had to be 10 wasn't yeah, there and like a lot of shit got in well at first Toy Story 3 got nominated because of that but uh, yeah that's the big story for I us I think Up got best best picture isn't it uh, that got a best picture nod yes yeah so well they didn't win it obviously but uh, the, uh, I think that you know animation has an important role in Hollywood has, well you, you segregated our poppy categories it's, Ken. in it's history to make sure that couldn't happen we Girl, couldn't, we I, couldn't I, stop I, I've been brainwashed by the norm yeah but the, the, um, the, the real awards of the poppies. I think that uh, it would have been nice to see it nominated because it's as good a storytelling, uh, as good a piece of film as anything in live action yep. this year. And it's much better than Mad Max. Yeah. It's a bad film. <laughs> I really don't like Mad Max, Ken. The Academy would disagree with you, Gar. Yeah. Gar, okay. Like, I think, I think Bridge of Spies will get something. Yeah. But I think uh, they'll give Mark Rylance that. Um, it's actually tough to pick Best Picture. It is. That's a that's an open category. Usually, there's like a, a like oh this is gonna win, but the Revenant is probably the favorite. I would say that it would be. But you think they because uh, it's been nominated for twelve, but yeah. unless it it, it freaking Return of the Kings it, it's not gonna sweep all of them. Yeah. Recent years, they've been more of a fan of spreading the love. They have, uh, and True Grit was nominated for like ten or eleven and got nothing. Yeah. So you never know. You never know. Leo Leo could be just sitting there, doesn't even get a bloody producing Oscar. Yeah. Doesn't get anything. But like, would it be like, because like, Brad, be Pitt, Brad Pitt has never won an acting Oscar, but like he finally got one out of nowhere last a few years ago for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. So would it be? Almost, it was really weird when he showed up in that film. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing here, Brad Pitt? But like, if he, if it wins Best Picture, he would probably get an Oscar for it. Do you think it would be bittersweet for him? Yeah. Because he probably wants the acting when I imagine. <laughs> yeah. But if he gets both, then he'd be like, I have two. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably get two, won't he? <laughs> Running around. It's like, look at all my Oscars. You said I couldn't do it, but now I have two. I'm validated. Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick room. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna go outside the box. I'm gonna go Martian. Ooh. It's not gonna win, but I'm gonna say it's gonna win. What do you think of this year's nominees? Let us know. Yeah. We're we're curious to know on the twitters and the facebooks. Who are your picks to take home the coveted statuettes? Let us know on Twitter at twskk, and where can they find us on Facebook here? At facebook.com forward slash twskk. We'll be right back to wrap up the show with details on next week's episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Okay, movie stars. That's our show for another week. Thank you for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can download a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash the weekend show. And you can also track us down on iTunes. If you like the show, why not write us a review on iTunes? If you don't, Leo DiCaprio will never win an Oscar. We will see to it personally. We have, we have connections. Yeah, we have that kind of swag. You may not know this, but we're actually uh, key members of the Academy. Yes. They all voted in the poppies too. Yeah, they, of course they did. <laughs> in, in sealed envelopes with wax, like you said. Yep. 
If you need more weekend show in your life, you can relive snippets of our best bits on YouTube. Just search TWSKK. If you're partial to the old social media, you can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? Uh, at TWSKK. Next week, we preview the 2016 WWE Royal Rumble, which takes place next Sunday. Our theme music, as always, is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.